Good evening, primetime partiers. It's primetime party time. Welcome back to our hour of all things media and entertainment. Live on the air at 9 p.m. at ptptshow.com and on your time, wherever you stream podcasts. Tonight, we are going to crash land on a highly streamed Netflix K-drama. That's right. We are getting into crash landing on you. I know I've read a little bit about this show and it's one of those that's really been a resurgence in the ever popular and always sought after Korean drama series. This one is focusing on a love story of a heiress from Seoul and a soldier slash kind of military captain in North Korea who begin a star-crossed love story when she paraglides pretty much literally into him. So we're going to have a good time with this one. It has everything. Violence, love triangles, mobsters, military, global diplomacy. What more do you need? Oh, and then really cute romantic moments, obviously. So yeah, today's show also was fully inspired and pitched by listener Wendy, who joins us today. Hello. Yes. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> we are very happy to have her and happy to have pitched this show because I procrastinated watching it and it's really, it was a good time. I'd also feel like now I'm going to just binge through a lot of dramas because I think it just like sucked me in there. But yeah, Daniel, <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, I am doing well tonight. Hope everybody else is doing well tonight here. Uh, are we toasting? Are we roasting tonight? Tracy, Wendy, you got toasts, roasts? Yeah. Got them toasts and roasts. Let's do it. Yeah. Wendy, you are a guest. Go first. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. So my roast for this evening is that the new iPhones don't allow you to listen to music and charge your phone at the same time anymore. And that just sucks. They just seem to make things more and more inconvenient, and they can't just keep doing that. They can't. They can't, they they can't, can't just keep, keep getting away with, with that. It's not cool. No, but it's special it's place in hell. It is. The, for the person in Apple development that keeps being like, what new stress can I bring to millions and billions? Yeah, of in the name of progress, which is not even progress. So like, let's just take away the audio jack. You know? yeah. Nobody asked for that. Nobody no asked one did. for that. They're just trying to push the AirPods, which, by the way, I tried wearing those on a flight one time. Oh, they sound terrible. They hurt my ears. They you would have a hurt specific your ears. ear shape for the Apple headphones that I've never really had. I've never been blessed with Apple-shaped ears. So they, I've always had to be more of a Sony gal when it came to the earbuds. They need to be the gummy ones, you know, mm -hmm. little silicones. They need to be gentle. Not these, like, I don't know, it just feels like trying to fit a circle into a square peg type deal <laughs> when I try to wear those, those headphones. So, yeah, I, I'm there with you. It's, yeah, they're, we painful. don't like it. No. Mm -hmm. And the only other option you have is one of those, like, they just basically want you to buy more merch because they can they have do. those, like, charging docks. And you're like, I don't need that. When you do need it is because they've taken away a perfectly other functional. <laughs> <laughs> piece of equipment so yeah yeah and you know 
I've been told things from family members in tech that they're like, yeah, they could have made these iPhones very waterproof from the beginning and they just like made them slightly no. more each generation just to like, you know, <laughs> be like, oh, 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 progress. You're like, no, <laughs> you could have done that a while ago. Same with like the glass shattering. I think they like pretty much made those to like, I used to shatter a phone so easily and now it's like, it's kind of hard. Yeah, I oh, had that really? conversation this last week, actually. How many actually. phones have you shattered, Tracy? Oh, I mean, like, I think at least three, if not oh. five. Yeah, and then one of my friends, I went with her to the Genius Bar. I think she shattered, like, ten. Because I saw how many phones she had, and I was like, dude. She's like, I know. <laughs> We're like, are we the poster children for Apple Care? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yeah, I know, I can recall at least two memorable cracks. And then I think I had one that was just like a not not that bad. There's a few, though. I think in like the 2011 versions, you could just shatter them. I still remember Daniel. I think you might have been here. We were with like a friend at a house and they dropped their phone literally one inch from like above the coffee table to on the coffee table shattered (laughs) that's rough that's rough Uh, that is unfortunate yeah well you know luckily they're what more waterproof now they're more yeah uh, shatterproof now they're still as uh as uh not roast proof i suppose they're not roast proof and they're yeah they're still Still a high ticket item. It is a trick. I've thought about moving to another device, but then I'm like, there's enough things that I like that they keep me. But I've I've been I've been definitely tempted by like some of these like the Sony phones that have like the really nice cameras. I'm like, I mean Mm -hmm. I could be like that. Or like like on this show that we watched, none of them have iPhones. And I'm kinda like guys have some really nice looking phones they're very like slim yeah they are yeah i'm excited to get into the various product placements of this series (laughs) i know i wasn't sure if that was a galaxy or a samsung it has to be a samsung phone it has to be Samsung. i want to think it was because it did seem like i was like they're really advertising this phone like i can see how they get the notifications and everything yeah yeah all right do you have a toast wendy I do. So I'm very thankful for her. So the toast is my friend Henry's fiance Jocelyn, because Jocelyn made chocolate chip muffins yesterday and Henry brought them over and they are amazing. They were still warm when he handed them out. So thank you, Jocelyn. Jocelyn is an amazing person who works at Theater Sinai. <laughs> so if you ever see a Jocelyn who is a nurse and I think she does anesthesiology, um, she also makes fantastic muffins. She should put that on her resume. So, yeah. Ooh, I like that. I also like when people put like fun plugs on their resume, like makes delicious warm muffins. Yeah. Like, or like loves to rollerblade. You're like, this person's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. My toast and my roast. My toast for this week is that it was listener and 
Let's see. Also has appeared in a few somewhat regular episodes. Sean's birthday this past week. Oh, happy birthday, Aww, Sean. Happy birthday. Yeah. So we did some some fun stuff. Yeah. Check out, let's see, a few establishments we did. Yeah. We we checked out the Del Mar Sky Deck. And that was a fun time. Um, they have some good, some good eats, some good pizza. Uh, we also went to his younger brother's wedding recently in Rancho Palos Verdes. That was very beautiful. And I dragged him to many a traditional and authentic Japanese restaurant through Torrance because I had to. Because <laughs> well, because that's, a had gift. To. that's a gift to Sean. Everybody oh, it, should go to those restaurants. It is. I also was just like, San Diego has a certain amount, but not very much. And I was like, while we're here, on the drive up, we're going to go to this place and get some katsu. And on the way back, we're going to get like some buns. And yeah, just like make the full the full loop. Go go to the markets, get snacks. Yeah, I don't know if everyone does this, but like I always like if I stay at a hotel in a remote area, I stock up in like room snacks because I have very little I'm ye of little faith in the takeout and delivery because I've been burned many times. The only thing, my main roast, though I have a couple. But I think the main one is we stayed at a somewhat like resorty hotel and I did buy snacks for a certain purpose. And I don't know about you guys, but I have an expectation for at least a microwave or a hot water oh. maker over a certain price threshold. And I felt that there should have been one of those. And they just had like a Keurig and I was like, listen. <laughs> I know how often you wash this Keurig, and it's never. And I want to make noodles at midnight. Well, Tracy, out of curiosity, yeah. what is the price point for <laughs> you to expect those things? I, I'm feeling like I really do expect those around, like, the two to three star. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty low wish so I'm also like, if you're somewhere above that, you're kind of like, well, there's a given. They'll obviously have a have a tea kettle. And I was like, oh, no. No, that was not a given. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, it was totally fine. I stocked up on many buns, so we were good. Um, but, yeah, I also was just like, the amount of instant noodles I brought here was fairly unnecessary. But, yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah, I did have a better roast. And I know I'm ranting a little bit right now, but it's okay. We'll get we'll get into the show pretty soon. Um, <laughs> but I did encounter some individuals at this wedding that um, there's like certain conversations I just don't you don't think would happen. There's just like people you don't think exist. And like I was in a group and to design a archaeology was a scam wow <laughs> going to the moon was a scam which like context is some of these people are from like south orange county which can get highly <laughs> conservative with conspiracy theories i think and i sat there for a bit and then i eventually had to like leave and just be like they're like so trace what's your thoughts and i was very much like well I have a friend getting like her PhD who works in like Egyptology. So like I'm pretty, pretty on the archaeology train. 
I don't really know anyone who doesn't believe in dinosaurs. This is odd. And then I was like, and my grandpa worked on most of the Apollo missions. So I got to go. And then they were like, oh. And was, they're like, we picked the wrong person to talk about this with. I was like, you definitely did pick poorly. But then I went and talked to someone there who I chatted with the day before. And they were like, I was like, I met these people. They had these thoughts. And he was like, Tracy, we talked about this earlier. Like, we're, you know more progressive leaning and I was just like mm-hmm. was there a movement I missed where the conservatives stopped believing in dinosaurs and it was just like there's some people you have not met and then he mm-hmm. was like we're like some lefties he's like but this guy who is just like standing with us he's a righty and I was just like so yeah the war on dinosaurs like dinosaurs of sin when, when that would start and he was just kind of like so that was a fun moment um yeah that probably went longer than anyone needed it wait and that's is that a roast that's your roast right yeah yeah it is a roast it's okay i mean it was kind of like a i had fun with it but then later i was like uh, uh, i don't know it was definitely one of those where i was just like I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, am I in a bubble where I don't think these people exist? Or are some people just like wild and wacky and you just like find them and you're like, I just, I don't ever feel like I run into you guys. But then, but then like, you know, some things start to make more sense. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to be sure what to think about this anecdote for several hours. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take you a while to process yeah, yeah, I this think is so. A very large roast, this like drive-by <laughs> theoretical conversation. Yeah. I know it was. It's odd too to have that sort of chat at like the end of an evening, kind of like the drinks are kind of coming to a close of a wedding. <laughs> mm. But I also, yeah, that's just keeps it interesting, guys keeps it interesting absolutely after since we have you know done a crash course in the various (laughs) social interactions i've had in the past two weeks while we've had a little bit of a break we are going to just take just a tiny little break before crashing into crash landing on you So, crash landing on you. This is this is quite the show to get into. Quite the extensive mm-hmm. show. Everybody, yeah. you need some time. You need to, some time to get through this. This is not an easy binge in the sense of time. It is in the sense of, like, you want to know what happens next. But these episodes run about an hour to an hour and a half to the finale is almost two hours. Yeah. So they're, they're fairly lengthy. I asked our uh, show correspondent, uh, Heather, who's watched many gay dramas. And I was like, is this a typical, you know, viewing length for these? And she said fairly. Yeah. She's like an hour to two hours ranging on kind of where you're at in the season is pretty typical so 
makes sense. I mean, I think there's a lot of dramas produced on our side that are, you know, they usually hit the hour mark. Some of them are in more the 45 to 50 minutes. I do think that that is common to be like just under an hour, at least mm-hmm. for network shows. But this is a Netflix. So it is not surprising that they got to do whatever they wanted to do. But the main part of this show is all the relationships, which is what we're mostly going to chat about and kind of how all of those intertwine with each other. You'll definitely get some plot out of there. But yeah, Wendy, what is like your favorite part of their meet cute? And we okay. can get into what the meet cute is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, the, my perf- my producer, Jin, that... She introduced me to this, and I'm not a fan of Korean dramas because I feel like they're really melodramatic, the plot lines are ridiculous, but Jin said, you must watch this show. And so I gave it a shot, and I fell in love with it because their chemistry between Yoon Seri and Captain Ri is really, really good. It is better than I expected because I just thought she would just be like a stuck-up rich person and he would just be this robot, but it's actually way more than that. And I think that is what makes their mute cute and the relationship actually entertaining. That it's still somewhat realistic, as realistic as one can expect when you are a young woman who accidentally enters North Korea and falls in love with a North Korean captain. I mean, other than that, it is a, a pretty grounded show in in the way they interact because she's really ridiculous, but he's also a very grounding force in the beginning. Yeah, until the middle, I believe. The first yeah. half. You get the idea that she's... Uh... And they talk about it as the show goes on, but she's sort of lost and she wants, she just has got to test out the, she runs like a fashion beauty company. And so she wants to test out the technical wear for paragliding. Right, right. (laughs) She's like, I'll do them myself. They're like, but the weather condition, she's like, it's fine. But she was kind of also like searching for something. And then, yeah, very like Wizard of Oz style tornado comes Mm -hmm. in and just blows her into the DMZ. She just like wakes up like hanging in the tree. (laughs) Yeah. And she doesn't fall in her words. She descends onto him. Yeah. And it's very much an immediate like. But there's one thing that I think adds to their chemistry that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can take it or leave it because you can only trust online sources so much. But according to, they have it from, I think they said Channel One. Let me get this a little bit on there. But they, uh, they are reportedly dating in real life. You know, I have heard that, and I gotta say, I don't love it. It's weird. I don't actually like that they're dating in real life. For whatever reason, it's not a plus for me. It makes sense only because when I started looking up these actors, I saw Mm -hmm. that they're in like a few movies together, which doesn't mean anything. But I was kind of like, oh, so this is like a repeat pairing. 
And I really was like, huh. And then as I Googled it a little bit more, I was like, oh, I see. Which would be interesting if they make any more of this or somewhat like of a spinoff because you're like, hmm, I wonder how much of this played in. But it does kind of, you are very like, I definitely shed a tear many an episode of like oh, the yeah. on-screen chemistry is good. And, you know, to cite a similar but yet also so different uh, show that we've covered on this, <laughs> I feel like a lot of times I watched the relationship and was like, I feel like this is what like Twilight wanted to do without <gasps> it being like problematic. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like because like, the guy does all the things – and we talked about this a little bit when we were planning this episode, but like he does all the things that like kind of like the idealistic things that a guy would do in this like hetero relationship. Yes. Of yes. like she, ah, oh, he remembered my special candle from the store that he pretended to not listen to earlier. And then, you know, I, and then there's like later on in the show where there's like medical stuff happening, not to give spoilers but he just like watches her and doesn't like eat or sleep he just like stands watching her until she's conscious and you're like okay I see this I've seen this before but it was a lot more toxic and a lot more vampire (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot more sparkles a lot more toxic and and but you're 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 right Tracy it's really fulfilling a lot of women's fantasies just that he provides all of her needs. He just shows up when she needs him and she needs him a lot. (laughs) She whines a lot, which I thought was really annoying, but it is true. Like she'll just complain, like I can't sleep without a candle. And then he'll go and buy her a candle. And like, dude, they're... you're captive in North Korea. She's like, I know, but like, you could get me a candle. Yeah, That's you could get me a candle. You know? And then part of me is like, I oh hear God. you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's tough out here. You guys have candles. Your electricity is not reliable. You definitely have candles. So, I know. yeah, I, I think that they're really good at fulfilling the fantasy and also because it's such a conservative show. Yeah. Especially compared to the US. Every act is so exciting. Them sitting closer together is a big deal. Yeah, you could see the hand holding in public and like Mm -hmm. all those little moments would get like, especially with I think like the show music and everything, you would like bring it to like a big like crescendo moment. And it would, you know, every once in a while it would be like, okay, they're going to kiss or something. But like most of the time it was like small things or just like eye contact for, Mm -hmm. you know, minutes. Yeah, no, that scene when she is walking at the market alone and it's at night and he rushes to find her and he lights a scented candle and holds it up in the air because that's how you find someone, Tracy. You know, that's how that works. Um, That was actually really emotional. And then she shows up and she cries and I bought into it. So, yeah, I mean, we all bought into it. It also the other movie, if people have seen it, that has some similarities is if anyone has watched like an older it's not that old. I think it's from the 90s or early 2000s, but serendipity. It also has a little bit of that vibe because they're very into the kind of like mm. these unplanned 
meetings. So that movie is a little bit more specifically about that. And this one is like they are more into fate. Right. Did you guys like that movie? Eh. (laughs) I I have not seen it. (laughs) I saw the trailer. Oh, interesting. That's that's a me only on this one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mostly I think I watched it during like a holiday season because it's somewhat around that time of year. But yeah, it's like they do things like write their phone number in a random book and put it at a used bookstore. And then like he one of them goes and is like, oh, I bought the book that has the phone number. So I'll call them. And then they just kind of have all these chance encounters. But which this one, it's like they kind of have these chance encounters, but it's supposed to kind of after a certain while, you're like, it's because they're meant to be. Though towards the end, you're like, you're also increasing your odds. (laughs) You're hoping for fate, but you're also going to be like, I'm going to show up in the exact location just to see how this goes. Uh, Eventually, I'll hit it. Uh, But yeah, I think it's true they and that's the other thing that's that's getting to it the reason they have to keep re-meeting and having more and more meet cutes is because they also have to say goodbye a lot because Mm -hmm. due to their circumstances they always seem to be like they're going to part and have like the big casablanca moment but they just don't because they're like and it's very quick like you normally are like oh the people are not together they're gonna do something but this is one where it'll be like, I'm leaving you. You're going to go do your own thing, blah. Mm-hmm. Close the car door and then be like, no, I'm going to go back after them. Drive back after them. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes later, they don't really keep you on the edge too long. They don't. The they don't. But I think that's also why I think the show works because yeah. he never promises he never promises her in the beginning that they're going to be together. There's obviously a chemistry, but it, it's very clear that he is just going to push her away, literally, because yeah. he wants her to go home. And whenever she says, I'll think of you, he said, don't. Don't think yeah. of me. Just go home and pretend it never happened. And, and he's lying. The whole time he's lying because he is going to think about her. The episode where she has to take passport photos. Yeah. She tells him, maybe we should take a photo together. And he says, no, we shouldn't have any evidence of this. And then he gets evidence of it by getting a six photo. Yes. That is just, that's more of the moments where, the, you, where you cue the music and you cry. Because he cares so much, but he keeps saying to her that he doesn't. Which adds to the tension and the drama of the whole episode. Yeah, they definitely like to pull the thing of like, he's kind of like icy mm-hmm. at first or, but I think they really do play into the acts of just like the acts of like, what's not, not gestures, but it's like, he kind of likes to do a lot of like service oriented things for her, mm-hmm. like yeah. acts of service. That's what I was thinking of in like the love languages type of way. But like <laughs> he will, I still remember, I think it's an episode two or maybe three of after they you know drink with the guys the other military guys he makes her like handmade noodles and then like gets espresso beans that he keeps in a special place roasts them outside (laughs) yes from scratch and then makes her pour overs i think these are also the things that would play into like 
female fantasy. He makes yeah. me handmade noodles and like individual batch pour over. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like the hipster dream. <laughs> Which like it is funny is and you know this is like another aspect of this show is half of it which is actually filmed apparently in the Jeju Island area, which is why it looks a bit more like, you know, naturey and not like the urban landscapes of Seoul for the areas filmed in, North, in the fictionalized North Korea. But they do do kind of this more idyllic lifestyle there. And part of it is supposed to be of lack of technology and resources. But and I think this is like an interesting way of it. They do show like some things that make it seem very like quaint. And even she's like, oh, the hipsters in Seoul would love this. But right. it's like, and it's like one of those where it becomes like a very like, no, I wouldn't say dangerous, but it, they definitely toe the line with like how kind of positive they make that seem. Because it's always sprinkled in with the very realistic hardships that they put mm -hmm. up front pretty soon like the first time she realizes she's in a village and watches them do like their morning dance that they always have to do and sing the song she's kind of like oh my gosh where am i and you know they and she really like starts to pick up on a lot of things that she has to do in order you know she's hiding in a kimchi basement <laughs> and, like, yeah yeah doing like a little cellar yeah, the kimchi cellar instead of the kimchi refrigerator. But like, and part of that is because she's in the Captain Ree's like military village, basically. It's like housing for soldiers and then their families versus like where Ree's original ex-fiance mm -hmm. lives in the major city seems to have most of the things that are you know available but i think the main things they kind of really touch on when they start in north korea and then move south is like the access to electricity internet and hot water uh -huh. and those are the things that like they'll bring up a lot as an issue but then they kind of also contrast it with like you know, the scenes of them just having really wholesome moments of we're going to yeah. go catch these crabs and then make like a nice like over the fire stew and have like a goodbye barbecue for the girl we've been hiding for like months. But sprinkled within that is a good amount of violence. In the show. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I think that's like one thing that I didn't expect going into this, even though like there's kind of like, yeah, I think like the interesting part of covering the relationships of this show is like the other re main relationship in this show is the relationships between North and South Korea that play a big part in the couple's relationship and kind of why they can't have such a simple relationship going around, which is kind of how we get into. So Sari and Ri, Wendy, what are your like favorite things? about Sari and Rhea and what are the ones that you're kind of like mm, I want to call these characters out on a few things <laughs> well I mean I think it's really great how they really do care about each other and I like that in the beginning he helps her out a lot and as time goes on she 
tells him, you helped me out a lot. And of course, spoiler alert, these, this episode is for people who have already seen the show. This is not an introductory oh, no. topic. So they do spend some time in South Korea. And what I do like is that he does spend a lot of time helping her in North Korea. But when they're in South Korea, she tells him, you're in my home now. I can help you. I'm a very powerful person here. So I like that they're able to have that balance. Yeah. And they're equals in the way that they're both very powerful people in their own homeland. And that to me was really interesting. That's what I liked a lot about it. Cause I really did think that she was very annoying, even though she was obviously a very smart, capable person. She was very annoying and needy and demanding with not just him, but his team. But I did like when she went back, she was like, I know how to do things here. So that was really good. And what I didn't like is that I think they're kind of jerks, you know, to the people around them. They're pretty selfish people in many ways, even though she, well, she's definitely selfish and he comes off like a very noble person, but they do things that hurt other people and they don't seem to realize it at all. Yeah. They both seem to act selfishly in a defensive way. Like Mm -hmm. she has the Sari backstory uh, for listeners who've watched and ones that are intrigued with knowing everything about the plot before watching uh, <laughs> is is that uh, Sari is, you know, a CEO. She's very powerful, but like she also had this, you know, weird childhood of the mom was out of the picture and her dad had an affair and that's kind of how she came to be. But then she lived with her dad's like wife and thus her kind of you know stepmom and all of the siblings and it does seem to be this kind of like you know children fighting to be the heirs and the family seem to have their own dicey business decisions and tied up in kind of sketchy areas and then on the flip side re is the son of the i think they call it general bureau of political director and he's supposed to be like just very highly ranked within the military slash also i think it's kind of supposed to be like within the kind of political hierarchy and so he's even though he's in the military as well people don't always know the association and but he's you know the way the reason he's able to have all these kind of connections to try to get her home is he uses pretty much everything he has or everything everyone knows so yeah they both do that but like because he had the tough childhood of like the brother dying in the accident and the other things too I think that's also why he kind of is like I have to do this for love I can't let another one be lost when really it's also like you also want to do this because you want to like go be with her mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like, you know, and you're willing to risk like a lot of other people for this so there, there are parts that, you know, they both risk kind of their own families on the relationship existing since both of the governments are not are not fans, even though it kind of seemed like, you know, if they wanted to stay, they probably could have. But that just would have not really been a climactic ending to the show. So, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, they they definitely have their moments where you're like, oh that are a little little cringy but you're always you're always rooting for them 
And on that note, there are another couple characters we wanted to compare. And there's Sari. And then there's Dan. And Dan is the original fiance and then ex-fiance of Rhi. It's probably one of the most problematic parts of Rhi. Yeah, it that, is. Uh, they kind of they do are dirty. Yes. For, yes. And, yeah, they do. They yeah, do are dirty. Very dirty. Yeah. He's engaged to this woman who's supposed to be studying in Russia. And this whole time he's like, well, I have an easy fix. I'll have Sari be my fiance because apparently no one knows he's been engaged for almost a decade. So that's the part where you're like, ooh, re. I know. No, that that that's bad, man. You let you kept this girl on a hook for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause what woman doesn't like to be kept a secret, you know? <laughs> that's what every woman wants. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's weird that because he's so loving to Seri. That's what I'm saying. Like to the, each other, they're so good to each other. Yeah. But to the other people in their lives, they're they're pretty selfish and they can do some pretty shady things because they do the trope of they do the typical soap opera trope of oh my gosh the couple that's not a couple has to now pretend to be a couple and the episode where they find her and they demand her to tell them who she is right because the village people it's a small village they know everybody in that village and she's definitely not a member so oh, yeah. who the hell is she and they're like tell us tell us and he comes in he says he, she is my fiance. And then I just swoon, like, oh my gosh, you just called her your fiance. You guys are going to have to pretend. And they're cool with pretending, but then to the actual fiance, he's pretty rude too, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And they seem to have a lot of like, I mean, even when she returns from Russia, it does seem to be like Dan is mutually kind of uninterested in the relationship but is also like that we have to do things the way they have to be done here yeah they're both kind of like locked into a certain future and a certain lifestyle and a big part of this show is people kind of breaking off from their kind of paths that they thought that they had to stick on and hers you know goes through quite a turbulent uh trajectory but that's where you know both of them both Sari and Dan are pretty like sassy quick-witted powerful intelligent and there's and, and pretty and so like they have a lot of crossover but you do feel for Dan in the sense of like she did not do anything wrong by just randomly coming home for a visit right and then finding her just like tagging along to everything in a somewhat suspicious and flirtatious way. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Daniel has a specific moment that uh, he picked up on from Sari <laughs> and Dan relationship. Yeah. yeah, when you're sitting there, we're watching the show. This is my first episode, is episode six. It's this episode where Dan gets back. And uh she like the first like i'm just plugging away on like game build a garage on switch i kind of look up i'm like oh the show seems nice like the love music's you know really pleasant and all of a sudden there's like this scene in the bathroom where like his fiance dan is like calling her a slut to her face and i'm just like whoa i don't know what kind of vocabulary usually gets thrown <laughs> around in women's rooms but this seems like a moment 
And so I'm just kind of like, all right, I'm going to be a little more into this show. Like, this is the protagonist of the show. It doesn't really seem like you should be calling her this. But then later there's this scene and, like, she's met the fiancé. They're out grabbing beers at this, like, really fine establishment. I don't even, it looked like it was at the top of the skyscraper or something. Oh, yeah. And Beautiful. she's, like, sitting there. She looks a little tipsy. She snuggles up to him. And she's like talking about, oh, you know what? You're supposed to see First Snowfall with your lover. While they're watching First Snowfall, I'm just like, you know what? She is a little slut. <laughs> she is. She, she is. is. And, she, and she wins. She does, she does. She does win. She and by does. the finale, I was really rooting for her. That's she a great finale. She does win. And she, because she came on to him hard every moment. Oh, she's yeah. She's just cuddling up to him every moment she gets. Well, and he's kind of this like sought after. Well, they the the word they use a lot, which I don't know if it's. I mean, it works, but I don't know if this is something where like if you knew the language, it would translate even better. But they mostly refer to him as like a babe magnet, pretty much everywhere. Like the village oh, yeah. ladies will like they do. doll themselves up and make him all of these dishes <laughs> every time he comes home, and like it's known. It seems like it's known throughout the lands, like, oh, yeah, that guy who's the son of the director, he's really dreamy. <laughs> and everyone just kind of like flocks to him. So which I do kind of find interesting and fun because I feel like that happens a lot as like in romance and drama based shows where it's like the girl has this like mistake that everyone's like, oh, we're all gravitate to her. But this one kind of like flips it and it's like. Oh, the guy. <laughs> All of yeah. the ladies are after him in this, like, almost like, you know, he's Pied Piper y type of way. So, yeah, that's like, that's like a fun little switch that they have in this, in this show. But yeah, like, Sari definitely deserved that. And she even kind of like wasn't that mad when Dan called her a slut in the bathroom. Right, right. She was like, yeah, no, I could see why you said that. But... <laughs> like, oh, that's totally something I would say. <laughs> like... It's pretty funny. One of the things we can't help but notice, can't help but notice, are product placements throughout this show. Mostly food, but also some others. And you do wonder, who's getting paid? Uh, or if the is the feature enough so the main one oh, i think the most prominent of all is bbq chicken <laughs> bbq chicken is this fried chicken chain and you know korean fried chicken is just it's just delicious I definitely, after I watched about five episodes of Once They're in Seoul, you kind of have to go get yourself some. <laughs> it's really, it's really um, up there. But yeah, it is like, I think they're one of their most prominent chains. They did have one near where I went to college, so I have frequented it. It is quite good. But I think what's interesting about this is like, when you watch it from the beginning to the end, you start to notice they have that continuity of uh, Sari's team, the two guys that are the pretty much only people who really count on her not being dead, um, have all of their meetings and with the insurance guy who's like, you know, gathering paperwork to 
go, okay, we're pretty sure this is where she landed paragliding and stuff. Most of these meetings happen at the uh, fried chicken establishment. And then later, when all of the military boys from North Korea come, they also, like, they first start off, like, staring at the fried chicken, like, this is crazy. One of the guys on the team actually becomes a fried chicken delivery guy for a day just to get the chicken because they were working on like a small military stipend until they meet up with Sari who just kind of sets them up uh and then they just kind of really live that Gangnam lifestyle <laughs> but, <laughs> but before that they're like really uh they're really keeping a tight budget which gets to one of the other chains that they really feature a lot which is the and i am probably really butchering the pronunciation blah, blah, blah. i can't even say pronunciation so you know i'm going to say this wrong uh, but the jimble jang which is like the sauna slash kind of like bathhouse hot spring that you do and if anyone is unfamiliar with these similar to a lot of different like bathhouses but this one in particular you usually get dressed in like a kind of cord that they have and it's usually kind of like a t-shirt and like shorts type situation and before that you shower you do like your hot pools and then there's like these rocks and sauna rooms that you can do but the main aspect is that they are usually 24 hour and you can technically sleep over at them and so that's what this whole team of guys does because they're kind of like oh this is a great one-stop shop we got our shower <laughs> we get to just chill in this like spa which is not bad and we can stay overnight so it's not a big deal to keep our profile so that's like one of the ones that's that are that are pretty fun and uh yeah daniel have you ever done done the k-spa i have not no ah interesting okay i just wanted to know since i know it's like not too far from you so i wasn't no. sure if he had gone but yeah it's like i've gone to the one a couple of times yeah and yeah they're they're very they're very fun but the saunas are no joke <laughs> they're really good but they are they're really toasty so i would say if you are a beginner in the world of sauna i'm like i would pace yourself i would you know start yourself small <laughs> <laughs> and move and move up um but yeah they're they're a good time a few other chains wendy do you want to talk about both subway which is a pretty short and sweet one and then angels and us well i think it's interesting because the subway happens a couple of times and i think that these are like wealthy people that That's would never true. eat at a subway. I didn't buy I, that for a second. So I don't know what they were doing there. They're just like, oh, yeah, we have lunch here on the daily. You do not. We you yeah. do not. No, we talked about Chuck and the workers of the buy more. Yeah, I buy <laughs> them going to subway. These people, I, they eat subway a lot. There's, there's no way. There's no way. And then there's even a later moment where they show her. <laughs> they show her giving them a gesture of goodwill by eating lunch with them at a subway. And they're all so happy to be there. Nobody is happy when their boss gets them subway, even if it's free. Unless subway That's is just like a thing. immaculate over in Korea or something. It just, I don't even, I, I scratch my head at all of those scenes. So really interesting 
thing that I had found about the subway uh, product placement is this is not only us who have noticed this and thought, I question that. There's an article in the New York Times titled Korea's TV, Korean TV's Unlikely Star Subway Sandwiches. <laughs> and apparently they're saying the sandwiches chain's aggressive use of product placement has made it a, a ubiquitous present on the country's television shows. So kind and they do use a lot of um, imagery from Crash Landing on You for this, but then also some other shows. It's appar- apparently appeared in at least 17 <laughs> K-dramas oh and God. shows. So there is something there that they're really trying to push Subway across platforms because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it's not to like, I have not been to Korea. I cannot speak on behalf of the presence of Subway, but I just don't feel like, I don't feel like it is this prevalent or beloved if we don't like it that much i'm like would they like it but the only caveat i'll give to that is i have tried some fast food brands in the states that i think are trash abroad and they're a lot better so it could be the it could could be but it's not (laughs) i don't think so just not i don't have a lot of faith in subway though i think there's other brands where i'm like Okay, Swiss Burger King. I could see this. I could see this, but like you're like Subway anywhere. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you. I appreciate the effort of the South Subway marketing team, but it's just not that good. And it's it's not just TV shows. I have seen YouTube channels. They have food videos and they're eating at subway and that's not a choice you know they were paid to do this this is not a fun little thing to decide to do because it's so tasty because everyone knows it's not i have to imagine there's something i i don't know i don't i don't know i believe in dinosaurs but like this this is the this is this is where else. we are the people who are like something's I, not right i have some doubts yeah. yeah the only quotes i found in this article that kind of speak to that are saying that it's generally viewed as healthier than burger chains. And that's what added to its appeal. And this someone who lived both in the States and Seoul said that they rarely ate at it while in the States, but now he eats it regularly in Seoul and that it tastes better there. So wait, where was this? This is in the New York Times article or is this a different source? Yeah, it's in the same New York Times article. Whoa. I will, oh, I will link it in the show notes, man. I am, yeah, I know, it's one of those where I'm like, this. I am intrigued. Other than like Austin Powers, I've never seen such a presence of Subway. Because <laughs> that, and that was, yeah. But I, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's odd. It's an odd one of all of the fast food chains to really make a comeback. And it's similar to the anime use of Whack Donald's but this one's, you know, actual product placement instead of just like beating around the copyright bush. But yeah, the other one we had was Angels in Us. This one seems a little bit more like we could we could buy into it. Yeah, that seemed a little more legit. They're a very co- uh, they're a very popular coffee chain, and 
it didn't seem outrageous. It just seemed weird that they always had coffee at that place. That was the only big difference. Yeah, I think you can kind of, from watching this show, understand why a lot of other shows do like an unbranded location or just kind of like a generic coffee house. Other than like the fact that the Big Bang Theory was like always at Cheesecake Factory because that's where they worked. It's like there's a lot of ones where you're like, oh, it doesn't really matter that they're there. But for these, it kind of did because they wanted to share differences I think between both of their hometowns and having like these chain restaurants is something that they probably didn't get as much when they were, you know, really seemed like a lot of home cooking mm. when, when she was, you know, hostage, basically, no, <laughs> somewhat uh, trying to get home. But yeah, that was like the thing she, I think she really also wanted to share. Cause I think once, as soon as Re got there, she's like, what do you want? Chinese pizza whatever because he opens her fridge and goes I thought you were rich why is there only water bottles in there she's like well I don't cook (laughs) and he's just like oh okay and I think he's like pretty bitten by the takeout bug pretty quickly like oh yeah this isn't bad um but at the same time you do miss like their little like they they have different moments because it's instead it's like yeah they they do beer chicken and they do have a night where they do like at home Korean barbecue where they have like the grill out and all of the boys are over. So they still do some of those moments. I think like in general, the meal times at the show tend to have a lot of significance, which I don't know if that's intentional or not, but a lot of like kind of there's like sweet moments and a lot of telling moments to me that seem to happen like over food because that's also where the parents, they make themselves this breakfast for Sari's birthday. And there's like a traditional thing where you have this like seaweed soup on someone's birthday. And so they're having that and then realizing like our other kids never come over unless it's for money. And that's kind of when they start to go like, you start to learn how the parents feel about the other siblings that, you know, Sari's siblings, are very interesting (laughs) (laughs) they definitely play into a lot of why she was able to survive I think when she was was abroad and that gets into like the exterior characters that we wanted to chat about and we'll we'll round it back out to the family but I think let's start out with some more kind of beloved characters how did you enjoy the village ladies, as we like to call them? <laughs> the village ladies are great because they just humanize a lot of North Korea that we don't really ever see. And they they definitely gave off like a small town vibe, meaning they know everybody because there's only a small number of people. There's only like 50 people in the town. They know everybody and they all cooperate because they need to. And so they represent a lot of this sisterhood and community that these villages have. And obviously you will see a downside to that or how the fact that they're still in North Korea. So there's things like government checks and control officers, but they are so much fun 
and there's such a quaint representation of like a simpler life yeah it's like in a weird way reminds gives me that kind of like stars hollow vibe of like the town is small there's kind of like quirky characters and at the same time too it also means like no one can really get away with anything because (laughs) there's the gossip can only go so far and the radius is pretty small and but on the flip side you also see them like really quite literally throw themselves on the lines for Mm -hmm. people so they'll kind of decide and it does kind of have a revealing aspect of their way of life of you know they can't not everyone can always follow every single rule because there are too many and there's just so many ways to get in trouble but if you're kind of banded together they kind of help you know keep people from having really tragic ends if they're able to do it like and I think a lot of it is like they try to like postpone if they're having any issues or any or any problems by like having some sort of like sneaky ways of getting out of things or just kind of the way you'll see people phrase things it's kind of like if you put it on paper they couldn't get in trouble and that's like some of the nice things the the village ladies do but yeah it's funny because at first they're not very accepting of Sari. no they're not no and then then she wins them over yeah but only because she wants to use them so that's kind of like a pattern here (laughs) that one i'll give her a slight pass on because she kind of needed to she needed to i feel like there there's a point of you know i think both of them have their manipulative moments but she definitely had to do a certain amount to be like i got to be able to get by around here so i gotta use anyone who can help me out like help me get out of here so i will give her that but then there are moments you can tell that she's also just lonely and so she wants to like be able to be friends with these people and she can only tell them so much so yeah i i like all of them for that i especially enjoyed one of the village ladies who's married to a guy called the rat and he was known as like the wiretapper and he plays a certain role of knowing kind of the backstory around and he also kind of knows a lot of dirt with this main villain whose name is uh gong is the last name i think it's chol Cho chol gong and he's the one who is really gunning after Ri. he's mostly because he himself is entwined with a lot of a, uh, you know He's just breaking all the laws, somewhat in an organized crime type situation. And he, you know, has enlisted the wiretapper kind of to listen in on certain people. And what's cute, too, is the guy who's the rat. So wiretapper listens in on all of the romantic moments between Rin and Siri. Mm-hmm. And you'll just yeah. see him like in his headset and he's just like... Oh, yeah, he cry- He cries along with the audience because he's listening to. Yeah, a lot of these exterior characters, like the village ladies and the military guys, they really do serve to kind of be the audience in the show in a way that seems to be intentional and sometimes maybe not. But there are full moments where, especially the guys, one of them is obsessed with Korean dramas. And he will just say like, well... 
in the Korean drama, this is where they would fall in love. Or in the Korean drama, this is what you do for this. And there's even a moment where they're caught trying to early on get Sari on a boat to help her escape. And they're starting to get caught. And he's like, well, I know what they even re is like, I know what they would do in the drama in this moment in order to not get in trouble. And that's when they first kiss is because he's like, oh, we'll just pretend to be a couple, <laughs> which is yes. everyone's kind of like we were waiting for this moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And even one of the yeah, one of the actors is more kind of it seems like a, most of the characters on the show seem pretty quiet about their politics particularly the ones from North Korea it does not seem like they're really like they're just kind of trying to get by they're not fully really in and out and that's probably intentional of the show too they don't want to be like glorifying any of the political ideals that are leading to you know certain hardships but one of them is a little bit more kind of proponent but you also kind of watch that get broken down a bit when they do go back down to Seoul to go get re back and you know his main thing is always like saying ah they brought all the cars out because we're visiting and but they start to notice pretty quickly in that particular character too serves kind of as the representation it seems for the group of like understanding like ah here are the things that we were maybe not told accurately because once they go down to Seoul they're kind of like okay there are not food shortages here we can you know they start to go to the computer gaming cafes and they're like yes that's one of the best do- parts it's so cute I know and they they're like we can do wi-fi everywhere we can do all these things and Obviously, they're getting like a little bit of a different taste of it because like Sari lives in like one of the nicest neighborhoods and she like just kind of goes like, here's credit cards, go crazy. (laughs) So it's like not exactly what like everyday life would necessarily be, but it's also like it's their little treat outside of their day to day where they're like in somewhat, I think they mention halfway through the series that one of them their military like length is about nine more years so a lot of them are kind of like we're stuck in this and we're stuck in this for a while which explains why because I think a lot of these characters you're you might watch this and think like why wouldn't they stay outside of like you know worrying about what would happen to their families and other people and you do see how they would have a tough time like in addition to that side of it is like they're also military based so there's like there's probably extra bad consequences for defecting on that level especially since some of them including re were high up a certain amount so yeah you do look at all of them as sort of the these are the good parts of their life there because they do have this band of good friends. And when you compare it with Sari's family, it's like, oh, these people are really here for each other. They remember each other's birthdays. They do all these cute things. And the family (laughs) does not. Yeah, the family, they're not good people. No. Now, who is your least favorite character in Sari's family? Oh, the second brother, because that's easy. Because oh. he's just so evil, almost like too evil. 
And it's funny because he obviously wants the company and he actually wants to try and do a good job. Unlike the, the oldest brother that just wants to be lazy and rich and play golf all day. <laughs> but the second brother actually wants to be seen as a legit authority figure, but he's just incompetent. He just can't do it. And he's greedy. And that's why he got swindled so easily. And so he's really easy to hate because he throws everyone under the bus, including his wife, which is hilarious because there's such a team until he just turns around and literally points at her like, she did it. She told me to do it. Tell them, tell them, sweetie, that you told me to do it. And he even tries to record her saying that the whole crime was her idea. And, and the, I think that's just hilarious. So he's definitely the person to hate because it's so easy to do so. Yeah, they're they're both really evil. And at first I was like, I don't know, the wife seemed to really like be the one calling the shots with a lot of the like, hey, let's like put a hit on Siri and like all these things. But then, yeah, once he gets caught and just turns on her so quickly and then trying yeah. to, to divorce her while in prison and even the mom's like I didn't even try to do that when your dad went to jail like <laughs> gosh she's such a headache <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's pretty bad there's definitely times even before he tries to record her on his cell phone to make her commit to crime like to make her admit to committing crimes there's a couple of times where he even says it was your fault and I just thought lady you gotta leave him okay he doesn't care about you and he's just trying to screw you over but I think in terms of one of my favorite family members, though, I love her sister-in-law. I know. Because she's so dumb and she's not innocent because she's, you know, she's like, she's like the second. Oh, she's like the oldest brother. The oldest brother's wife is really silly, but she just wants to stay rich and not in an evil way. But in a, I just want to be lazy. But she's such a supportive wife. She's like, babe, you got this. You can do this. And whatever a husband does, even when he's acting like an idiot, she's like, but you can do it. It's okay. I love you. So yeah, that's actually very endearing. They're yeah. They're not perfect in the sense of like, they, they do fully suck up. They have no shame with like, we just want to be in the, you know, correct placement in the sibling hierarchy, but they don't do anything backstabby. So I like them for that reason. They're just like, you know, they're, they are sycophants and especially, but you do like to see them support each other. I agree. Like there'll be times where she's just like, she'll be like, I don't know, should I do this? And she'd be like, of course you should do it. You should do it the most and you'll be great at it too. And he'll be like, you're right. But you know what? You're also the best because you also cheer me on. And she's like, yeah. And then they just are really lovey-dovey. But yeah. it, it is like sweet because you do just see them like rude each other on all the time. Even when it's like for them to be like, now you're going to, she's like, she'll like have these schemes of like, I'm going to go have lunch with your mom and I'll get this all lined up for you, blah, blah, blah. And even when it like crashes and burns because it, it's so transparent, you do kind of go like, you really like go all out for this guy yeah so, they do that's, yeah that part is sweet and obviously the relationship with the mom is tricky it's a definitely a I think though it shows a nice arc it starts so you know real real icy from both ends 
and you know the mom definitely made a lot of mistakes growing up she was not put in a great position <laughs> for sure but there's a lot of things where you're like yee that's a these are some traumatizing flashbacks for for young Sari but towards the end you see like their mother daughter relationship and it's it turns out to be very strong and I think the time she's away where the mom doesn't know where she's at she starts to really question like all the things I said and kind of like wishing her to disappear those now that she has disappeared I don't like that and I'm left with these other siblings who really can't take care of themselves even the like best ones it's like they just want to be rich and lazy so they're not really trying to go off on their own and then the other ones are trying to be like you know just monopolize the family money in some way that earns their favor so she she kind of like starts to have what seems to be a big realization while Sari is gone but what did you also think of Sari's staff on the other end of the relationships on the show? Uh, I think Sari's staff is a lot of fun because they humanize her or they allow her to show a nicer side because obviously they know her from when she was really mean and really ruthless. And then they're, I guess they're the show's way of showing that she's changing because they'll say, oh, she's nicer to us. The other day she told us we could take a break. So, so obviously the bar for work, like employer-employee relationship is not very high, but they're, they're really great because they do care, care about finding her. They're the only ones that gave a damn about finding her. And they went through a lot to to get her back and also they're rewarded for it. You know, she shows her, she shows her appreciation for what they've done for her. Yeah. I think the one episode that really shows her old self in not the best light would be that Christmas episode. Oh yeah. That was crazy. She was like, it's Christmas. Why shouldn't we be working? Like, like she's Scrooge. So (laughs) yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, I was. I think like Christmas Eve at 10 p.m. is how they yeah. like slotted it, and people were like, "Come on, Sari, like maybe we should, you know, wrap it up and go home." And she went to the guy who asked that, who's one of her kind of favorite people who works for her, and goes, "Are you a Christian?" And he's like, "No." And she's like, "So this is just a day like any other day," <laughs> and you're just kind of like, "Whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah, harsh." So you can kind of see why, like, so, yeah, she really did seem, like, pretty, pretty rigid as, as a boss before having, you know, this kind of, like, life-changing experience of, like, okay. And she is a lot more generous afterwards with bonuses and time off and, like, actually eating because she used her like picky princess thing was about her only eating three bites of whatever food she had because she said she just didn't like anything but then really I think it was kind of more like her being really like sad and like they touch on it in the show in quite a few places that she was in quite a dark place before this whole incident that really like also you know has some different kinds of experiences as well like she doesn't definitely doesn't have like an easy time throughout it 
but she seems to like you've said with re become a lot more grounded throughout their their experience but i think that's like also what are some kind of i guess both ones that move the plot forward or ones that don't but what are your some favorite moments of this show that kind of stand out to you as something that makes this kind of i do feel like this one stands out among k-dramas not having watched a lot of them but knowing a lot of the the general tropes that you see of it being more in a soap opera world this one while it has a lot of the i'd say like a lot of the meat of a soap opera it definitely seems to kind of branch out past that so yeah I think so that's true yeah. that's true so what are some yeah kind of moments from the show that seem to kind of be like larger and maybe why this one has so much popularity as even for viewers that wouldn't necessarily normal normally watch this kind of show well i think the episodes are really long which gives it a chance to tell a lot of different stories at once i i will say because what's really nice about their love story is that they just like each other and love each other and them not being together is upsetting but it's not because of each other so it's not like he's mean and then you know she wants him for his money or something like that they care about each other they just can't be together due to other circumstances which makes it a very interesting draw and then they throw in these side characters that are given a lot of backstory um, I mean, not all of them, but I think the wiretapper is given a pretty big backstory of how he knows Ri, but also his brother and why he is a wiretapper, how he's not proud of it, how he's mistreated and nobody likes him because he just listens to everyone's private conversations and they're all aware of it. But I think having really strong side characters like the village ladies and his team you know, oh gosh, I can't pronounce his name, but the one that's really rude to her, he's just oh, yeah. always a comedic presence. Whenever he shows up, he's just like telling her like, I hate you and I would kill you. And she was like, well, I would kill you too. So, you know, we're just gonna just bury each other. So, and, and, and yet there's still such a friendship between them, even though when they reunite, he's too proud to admit it. And she's like, come here, hug me. And he's like, I don't even, I barely recognized you. I didn't care that you were gone. But he does care. So I think all that stuff, the side characters and the fact that they, as the main couple, have a lot of affection towards each other. And it's not just like petty stuff that they cause each other to feel to not be together. Yeah, like they're not, they're not making up obstacles between each other. No, it's just greater than that. Yeah, it's not like they go through the emotional ups and downs of like, oh, no, maybe like because there's a lot of most shows. They have arcs of like, oh, they're breaking up for some like unknown reason or, you know, there's like, a oh, they're kind of into this person now. So we're going to have like this sort of like, right. you know, as the audience, you get emotionally manipulated for a lot of different reasons that sometimes seem natural and sometimes don't. But this one having the very clear logistical difficulty of <laughs> yeah. they can't just be in a long distance relationship too, where they could call each other all the time. It's like, 
they really have to leave a lot of this up in the air. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but they like also he does this move of having the head of the kind of their version of the national like security kind of I think it the they call it NIS and I feel like it must be similar to our sort of CIA type thing and they set him up with this phone where he can send her like oh my scheduled gosh. text yes. messages and this yes. is I know this really plays into the fantasy side of things but it's he is like a he's kind of basically doing like the PS I love you via I text know. yes yeah so, he, so yeah sweet. so go on go on Tracy go on I don't know, but he just like leaves all these kind of like notes and instructions for her. And it's very sweet because there are all these things that I think he just like picks up on like, you don't normally eat breakfast. You should at least have an apple today before you start work. And like, why don't we both always take walks at 1230 together? Even though we won't be together, we'll both just take our break from work then and like always eat lunch with your coworkers and like, and I like, too, that he leaves her the song, like the piano song that he writes for her. And I mean, the piano song moments in general throughout the show are super sweet of the, you know, she memorizes this song that she hears heard in Switzerland once when she was there on a trip. And it happens to be when he was studying abroad and playing it on a dock. And it's just like all of these. And he has this camera that's like full of pictures that are randomly of her that even at the end Don is kind of like I guess this was meant to be that we weren't going to be together because I kept wondering why you kept you know taking pictures of the landscapes instead of taking any pictures of me which you are kind of like man stone cold Mm -hmm. this girl flies out from north freaking Korea that can't (laughs) be easy to go visit you Switzerland and you're kind of like eh, I guess you could tag along with me today <laughs> yeah he just ignores her the entire trip he turns around and be like oh you're still here yeah Great. all the flashbacks are like oh yeah someone else can sit in the booth with us it's not like we're here on a date or anything and you're just like <laughs> I mean like Dan would have tapped out then girl yeah <laughs> It's so sad when she turns to go one way and then she notices that he walked like the other way and she has to catch up. It's it's like such a sad shot. It is. It is. You kind of do see how the show tries to have these moments that seem very faded and like also they try to visually really show that like Dan and Ree don't have like a lot of chemistry and aren't really on the same page like with a lot of the way they just kind of like set them up in scenes of like they're never really like conjoined and like their body language is always kind of like separate and where they show him and Sari and they're always supposed to just be very fluid and very like unintentionally connected and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's something they just are like oh as the viewer you're supposed to kind of be like well they're just like you know meant to be so they're like magnets for each other which I think like after watching you're like they are meant to be but there are clearly some conversations that could have been (laughs) yes very very true very true (laughs) like the fact that the last episode has the moms being like so the engagement is broken off I was like okay the engagement has really been broken off for about of the 16 episodes, it seems like at least 10 of the episodes 
he fully was like yeah i'm no longer dating this person but then you realize later i'm like he actually never broke up with that poor girl no he didn't that was really frustrating actually because he should i feel like he should have done it and and that whole finale was a movie in itself right because it goes into this whole like ps i love you and then it goes into wrapping up everybody else's story and it's her who's who tells him like oh i i know we were gonna meet but let's just meet now and and do this and and yeah it's hard it's it sucks because ultimately like i said before other people kind of clean up their mess yeah that is true but but then they still have this cute story where they're together and i i mean how do you feel about their ending because oh yeah i am really conflicted about it it's it's kind of confusing i don't know if it's actually a really it's an ending but i don't know if it's a happy one it's difficult because you watch it as the ending is really not an ending because they're prolonging this okay there's gonna be a certain point where you're probably both gonna get cut off or <laughs> not not so much Sari, but for him it's like at some point they might not let you just go to switzerland every year like yeah. you know something could happen at any moment like and as much as it's great that it seems like you're under the assumption that Sari has kind of like gotten this like timeshare or villa of some sort in the Alps, which side note is it's just like extremely beautifully filmed there. And it's just, it's insane. Like, I, I don't know. It's kind of out of this world for being like, oh, this is like a little like soap opera drama show. And you're just like, they're in like these alps during peak summer and just having these like crazy like 360 shots of them it's nuts um but they also yeah it does seem like it's weird because there is a time limit on that too i mean they have this cute conversation when they're drunk one night just like drinking soju together of him being like oh like i want to i want to see you grow old i want to have kids and like all these things and you're kind of like, someone would really have to make like a crazy choice with crazy consequences in order for that to happen. And like, that's kind of what they've kind of pushed off is like right now they're kind of like, well, we have our Switzerland, <laughs> which is, you know, both beautiful. It's also kind of funny of it on a play on words, <laughs> just like we're in Switzerland. Um, but it's it's also just like, you, I like it in the sense of it's not like they've both had to really go their separate ways just yet. So I think as a viewer who's kind of like, I don't want them to be parted just now. But I also look at it as like, how are they going to make this work? Or are they okay with the fact that like, it's, you know, similar to the rest of the show, they'd always, they always kind of had these situations of like, if you just go into the shadows at some point, I'll know that it's just because like, you can't meet up anymore like there's some you know logistical reason or you know for him it's a bit scarier of like yeah you might have like gone to jail or got sent away or you know got re-recruited back into the military or something like that I mean he gets discharged to do piano and that's great and it seems like people who are doing like artsy things are able to get certain leave but yeah it 
does still seem like there would be consequences if he didn't come back on time. Because you do start to wonder, like, oh, could they both just, like, live in Switzerland? (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, is that the plan where he becomes, like, a diplomat for North Korea? (laughs) They could just hang out in Switzerland and she could remote work from Swiss, the Swiss Alps. Yeah, right. Everyone's remote working now anyways. Uh, I I think that's the that's the sad part because they're the not part. really together. And well, how long are you just going to hang out for two weeks every year? Yeah. And and yet I what I really like about the ending is that even though the guys, the team hangs out in Seoul and obviously they had a great time. They were drinking beer and eating BBQ chicken and and being able to game all day at the internet cafe and when they go back they were bummed out that they don't have it but you also see them hang out and they're still having a very nice time with their community and it's still such a lovely life for them i mean in this world anyways in this fictional world of crash landing on the on me like that they're still in a good place despite the limits of the situation yeah they definitely seem to the one thing they want to push is like these people really make the most of every situation yeah like, they make the most of being like in pretty much a horrible situation of like you know they miss their families you know some of it is you know universal with like anyone who's kind of like out and about and kind of in the middle of nowhere and in a you know military situation where there's an element of violence and sacrifice involved and so they're having a tough time and on top of that they're within a dictatorship so then they're also having that level of stress and kind of at any moment we could get in trouble for you know not paying enough attention in one situation because that's even what now Sari brings up at first like oh well I could just tell them you were drinking on the job and he he even was like oh my gosh like I would be in the most trouble so (laughs) there's there's things like that and you can see them being so I think like psychologically you look at them and so and they're just like so carefree and it takes them a minute to like get there like I think even when they get to her house they're trying to like find all the bugs and be like oh you got to get all the cameras out from everywhere and she's Mm -hmm. like there's there's no cameras here and there's a lot of those things where they realize later like oh we can really like do a lot here and even when they're all given the deal of like if you want to stay here we will set you up they're like this is a very different situation (laughs) than what would happen if you were captured on our side and it's like yeah yeah they're like we get great food here (laughs) (laughs) and like and all this stuff and they're kind of talking about it and you can see them like obviously tempted by the option but they kind of know like the really you know tragic consequences that would happen if they did defect because it's just like well then everyone else we know would be in a lot of trouble because that's kind of how things were going on there so even before they came back like the the wiretappers wife and kid were getting into trouble and that's like one of the big moments where you see the village ladies just like pull a kind of spartacus moment to like keep her there and that's you know that's kind of like a huge way they go out for a limb for each other but yeah i think they do a good balance of that of showing like you know like people 
even in these like really extreme, you know, circumstances, they can, there are some things they can still do and they don't take that for granted. And it's like cooking with what they have and doing it like as a very communal thing and having these like really simple life moments of like we all sit around together and we eat this meal that we all help to make and you know continue on with our lives and like pay attention to kind of like the calendar holidays and all these kind of like you know do this because this and he does that in his like p.s i love you text messages of you know you should really eat the local food on this (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah like they get into somewhat of like the old school lunar calendar of like those sort of things and like I think those are the things that they kind of show as like bright moments in in their way but I also like when you know she's not able to do a lot for like the village ladies and she like you do see a lot of people like leaving letters and then burning them that part was kind of cool too like of okay if you're gonna say something sketchy like you can't do it for like the wiretappers and the other people you got to write yourself a letter and then just give someone a lighter. They'll be like, read it and burn. Like I see the dad <laughs> do that. Even with yeah. like her letter to the village ladies, they have to like trash that. And, but they're like very touched by it. And then when uh, Dan's mom comes back from a trip to Europe and has all these, like all of the moisturizers or like kind of toiletry products that have, that are each dedicated to one of the village ladies that yeah. was also a cute moment of she wanted to show them like I didn't forget about you guys right yeah and even though I can't really talk to you I think like that is for me the most heartbreaking part of the show is like they it can't talk to each other anymore yeah it's like it shouldn't be so hard but then obviously it is for the political reasons so that's like where you're like you know in other shows they would just have it be long distance friendships and long distance relationships, but they really have to like work on it around these loopholes. And you're right. Those are the parts that make it so sad. Cause even just like the friends, you feel bad that it's like, she's really bonded with these guys and she yeah. pretty much never gets to see them. Like she barely gets to see the main love interest, but she's really like not going to see those guys ever again and the main things they keep saying in the show is like oh well, maybe the reunification will happen and we'll all get to hang out and you kind of like watch that as a viewer and go like I don't know guys <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> like I don't I mean it's, it's nice to say it's like they're very optimistic but you're like you might have to wait like I mean anything could happen <laughs> but it just really seems like we're not in the we're not in the last sprints of that. Like we're still in the like decades away type of thing. And that's a, from a extreme outsider looking in, but yeah, that's the part of the show where I'm like, I I mean, I do enjoy the optimism of that, of like, maybe peace will come and like, we will be able to come together. Like you really do. Like, and as you watch the show, you're, I think you do start to feel, you know, more humanized, as well by like oh like these people are good people in a bad circumstance and you know there's the way especially like the comedic relief guy talks you do want to think that you know a lot of them have been prescribed to believe a certain thing and you're 
kind of seeing them like transport to both places and you're mostly you're mostly focusing on like the goodness in everyone and how they are products of their environment and you're like oh they could they could all be they could all be happy together so I think that's I think that's like my final thoughts Wendy do you have any final thoughts on a crash landing that we haven't gotten into Oh my gosh, I would just reiterate that it's a great show. Everyone should watch it. They do see Dan dirty and oh yeah. That's unfortunate. And I think everyone should just yeah, give it a, a chance just because it's a lot of fun and you just get insight into North Korea and South Korea that you don't typically get to see. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I know. That's that's like the one part we won't plot ruin because I do think the way they do CO Dan Dirty is worth watching. It's definitely mm-hmm. for having it be like a B almost C plot line. It's it it's gutting. It's gutting. We'll just leave it at that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, what about you, Daniel? What did you think from what you saw in the finale? <laughs> Okay, with spoiling or without spoiling? With spoiling. Oh, with spoiling. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think Sia Dan's sitting there in like what looked like her childhood bedroom telling her family she was never going to marry again and go get revenge. I was like, wait a minute. Like, are, are, <laughs> are we just going to watch like an action thriller, like Sia Dan revenge movie for the next like, just like yeah, all the love stuff's though. happening. Like she's going to go and confront the siblings and everything. I was like, what is about to happen? I would uh, love to watch her kill Bill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Are we really going to go? Because she had nothing to lose at that point. And there was a scene, and I'm kind of blanking on it, that that kind of comes up after that where it is kind of clear that she she could just start, you know, offing people because oh, yeah. she's been through so much in this show. It's, yeah, she really she really could get her spin off that way because that is pretty much an origin story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like may, maybe really that's the second is. series. <laughs> it really could. You've heard it here first, guys. See Dan spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that one would be called. Um, but we can leave it at that. Uh that was Crash Landing on You. Is that the series? Yeah, Crash Landing yeah. on You is the title of the series, and this was Primetime Party Time. Thank you for joining us. The show could not have been made without the following amazing people. We're talking our artwork was done by Fen Finder at Fen Latte on Instagram. Our theme song was done by Jay Wright. Find him at jwrightmusic.com. Website with thanks to Coco. Production manager was BMAC. And Wendy, thank you for coming on and talking Crash Landing yeah. on You with us. Uh, what else do we do? Uh, if you want to rant, roast, and or rave with us, you can hit us up by sending us an email at info at ptptshow.com. You can hit us up on the voicemail or chat box, both on the ptptshow.com homepage. And catch the next primetime party time next Monday, live, 9 p.m. Pacific, right here on ptptshow.com. And if you go paragliding in the meantime... Don't get trapped in North Korea. Or maybe maybe do. It kind of worked out somewhat well. I don't, there's a lot of bloodshed in the show. Maybe it didn't work out super. It depends. It depends. It's conflicting. Conflicting series. Yeah. If you're in that warehouse where he had the shotgun, it did not work out for you. <laughs> <laughs>
I think it's fitting that the show with the longest episodes has broken what I, I, I have to imagine, the primetime party time record for longest episode. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I had a feeling that that was going to happen. <laughs> There's so much in this show. This show's crazy. Just the amount of characters... Uh, the amount of plot lines, the amount of like, yeah, there's this love story. Yeah, there's these funny like corporate bits. Yeah, there's this, you know, there, there's these like crazy con man plots and there's a whole military subplot and politics and family members. Yeah, there's enough. 